0: What's up, guys? Hank back Hank here, back at it again with another episode of Big Blue Avenue. And no, do not do not even think about adjusting your screen for a minute. Unfortunately, Tom and Sam could not be with us this week. However, filling in for both of them is a face that is very much familiar to Review and Preview, and to myself, of course, because he happens to be my co-host on Game On. That would be the one, the only, the founder of Review and Preview, Johnny Montalbano. Johnny, how's it going? Hey,
1: Hank, I'm doing great. It's uh, let me just say first and foremost, it's an honor and a pleasure to be on uh, a one team sports show. One of my favorite teams, nonetheless, my New York football giants. Uh, honored to say that, Tom, Sam. Uh, I we miss you guys, but it's an honor and a pleasure to fill in for both of you. Uh, I'm doing great, you know, and we were spoken, we were talking about this too. In the 11 years that I've done sports talk, whether it's been on the radio or on social media like we are now. Uh, I've never done a one-team sports show, so uh, this is kind of history in the making for me, and to uh, be to do it with you and to do it about one of my favorite teams, uh, I'm, I'm very, very happy.
0: So it's good to be on with you tonight. Definitely, and we've got a good guest coming up for you guys later. That would be Mike Vivolo of the True Blue podcast, and um, we've got a comment as well. Tom Scavetta, what's up, guys? Thanks for holding it down tonight. How about Daniel Bellinger for best rookie tight end? Hey, we're definitely going to be getting to him soon, but I think Daniel Bellinger is definitely one of the unsung heroes thus far for the New York Giants.
1: Yeah, absolutely for sure. I mean, that's it's definitely look, it's definitely been that way. Uh, he's not only been the best rookie tight end, he's been one of the best, you know, playmakers on this Giants team through the first six weeks for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. But before we get into any of that, let's time for the plugs. Of, as always, please don't forget to follow us on all of our social medias. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Big Blue Avenue. And of course, if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, please don't forget to hit that big red button down below. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Let us know your thoughts. We want to hear from you guys. And of course, please don't forgive us a li- forget to give us a like on Facebook. It helps with the algorithms and it helps with pe- more people being able to watch and reach our show. So in any event, let's get back to uh, another comment here. And uh, James Montefusco, what's up, guys? Big turnaround this year for Big Blue, and you know I think this Thanks. comment is a good segue to get into the uh, to the preview of this uh, to the our takeaways of the New York Giants shocking the Baltimore Ravens twenty four twenty. And you know I'm going to start off with my first takeaway of the show, and that is that Brian Dable is definitely the co- front runner coach of the year he's five and one best start by a new coach since Dan Reeves who also I believe he started with that similar record in 1993 and matter of fact it's also the best record they've had through six weeks since the 2009 season so a turnaround is definitely in the works yeah
1: it's been remarkable you know I, I even go back to the very first week of the season Hank and you know I, I, I just think of it when you're talking about Dable, when Daniel Jones made that very unfortunate era of a very unfortunate uh, interception in the end zone, that bad pass that he was trying to make to bar uh, to Saquon. And if you uh, saw uh, Dable, you know, go up, you saw on the, the broadcast, you saw, uh, you saw him go up to Jones, you know, seemed like he was very angry saying like, what are you doing? Putting his arms out in the air. And I think from that moment on, I loved Dable. I mean, I liked, I liked the move when they got him in the first place, but from that moment on, it just seems that, like, Dable's just getting more likable, and, you know, it helps that, you know, this team's 5-1, but he, he's doing all the right things so far, and everything's been working, so absolutely, Dable's got to be coach of the year, there's no doubt about it, I mean, if it wasn't for him, I mean, let's be honest, we, you and I can both say this, is this the most talented team right now out there? No, but he's definitely getting the best out of all these guys, and it's definitely showed
0: absolutely I 100% agree with you and of course I don't really think it's just him I think it's the other members of the coaching staff too oh absolutely Mike Kafka has definitely been doing a decent job at play calling for the most part and Wink Martindale has put up a really good defense and yeah it really makes you think why on earth would the Ravens even get rid of this guy a year ago and and you really look at the reason why they collapsed I don't I never really thought he was the problem to begin with the problem was they just had a lot of injuries but that's that's a discussion for another day. More <laughs> importantly, I'm glad he's on our side. Absolutely.
1: And, Hank, you know this, too. We've spoken about this many a times. The Wink Martindale signing is was the perfect kind of guy that the Giants needed as a defensive coordinator because one of the one of the things the Giants never did defensively was blitz. And ever since he's come here, it seems like they do that and they do it effectively and, and it contributes to them winning games. I mean, and also, it's not like, you know, they're giving up a ton of points in these first six weeks.
0: Now, of course, the other key takeaway for me has to be the quarterback. Daniel Jones continues to put the Giants in a position to win, and he continues to make a lot of the winning cl- winning plays and lead this team to comeback victories. I mean, Johnny, we ready for a fun fact? So yes. first few years that Daniel Jones has been on the Giants, he's had only three comeback wins. This year alone, he's matched that. Yeah. And- in the fourth quarter, mind you. Right, and when they're down by
1: ten points, too, ten plus points, too, and they're and they're coming back, you got to love the fact that even in the fourth quarter in these games, and I kind of actually was feeling that even on Sunday that they're not really out of it because even when they're down, you know, they're not allowing the opposition to uh, expand on the lead. And Daniel Jones, like you were saying, you know, Jones. Let's be fair here; he's not making mistakes. He's putting them in positions to win. Uh, So, absolutely. I mean, he's definitely limited the mistakes, which you've got to love, you know, now this being his fourth year plus. So, you're hoping he wasn't going to make those rookie mistakes. And he's definitely improved week to week. And that performance two weeks ago in London and last week have been some of his best football, not only of the season, but of his
0: career. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, now you're having more people that are probably – leaning towards the positive side of the debate as to whether or not he is the franchise quarterback. And Johnny, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think that he very well could be here for a long time to come now, whether he's elite or not, time will tell, but the fact of the matter is, and and one of the reasons we've been praising Brian Dable a lot over the past, like six weeks of the season is because, He is finally putting helping to put Daniel Jones in an environment and a system where he can succeed. And you also have to give credit to Joe Shane for drafting the good players around him. But Daniel Jones has definitely been emerging as somebody who very well could have a clutch gene. And what no one really thinks about is the Giants have actually gone eight and three in his last seven starts. This, of course, dates back to last year before. He's had his injury, and I know if Tom were here right now, he and I, he would probably be right there with me in defending of Daniel Jones. He and I have often been supportive of him for better or for worse, and obviously for the first years, it's mostly been worse. But this year, I think you're definitely starting to see a turnaround, and you're finally really seeing the potential that we've really been talking about for so long.
1: Yeah, and it's not just been a couple of weeks like this. It's been the whole entire year with Jones, and this was really going, to, you know, you were going to this year with a lot of question marks about him, but I think more and more you're finally seeing that he definitely can be the answer because really your other options really out there are, you know, let's be fair. This Giants team is going to be too good to have a high draft pick, so I don't think you're going to be mm-hmm. going in the draft for a QB. So really your only other option would have been probably sign a short-term veteran backup, and I, I think that, They're finally doing this right. You know, they're in the right system now. Jones seems to be healthy. You know, he's got a great offensive line, which helps as well Mm -hmm. with Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal. I know another great draft selection for the Giants so far. So, yeah, it's, you know, all the pieces are coming together here for the Giants in the first six weeks for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. We've got a few more comments from uh, Christopher Deloria. What's up, boys? Let's go, Big Blue. Blue, That's right, Chris. Folks. Keep Please keep the comments coming. We want to keep hearing from you guys and we would love to interact. You guys are just as much a part of the show as we are. And so now let's get to my other takeaways. Obviously it goes without saying Jones also pretty much outplayed Lamar Jackson in this comeback, but now obviously we got to talk about the defense and Julian Love picked a great time to secure the Giants first interception of the season and We're going to talk a little bit more about him a little bit later because I think, spoiler alert, you probably know where this is going if you're very familiar with this show. But Julian Love, suffice it to say, has been one of the more versatile players on the Giants. But in addition to that, there are other key – the other big takeaway for me is that the rookies have pretty much been playing a huge role for the Giants. Kayvon Thibodeau, Evan Neal. Wondell Robinson, Daniel Bellinger, and Belton. And let me give you a little bit of stats for Kayvon Thibodeau. In his last three games, he had 10 tackles, one sack, 13 pressures. And, you know, if you look at Kayvon Thibodeau's numbers from his time at Oregon, this is a guy who actually, like, consistently gets better during the second half. In fact, he actually had more, more sacks in the second half of his senior year with the Oregon Ducks. So. I'm really excited to see what's get, what he's going to do during the second half of the season. But it, it's re, it's really been impressive to see all these rookies contribute. And as as Tom mentioned with Daniel Bellinger, like this guy has been by far the best of the rookie tight ends in my opinion.
1: Yeah, there's you, you, there's no there's no way around it. He's definitely been up there. And the whole Giants draft class has been a big part of this success too. You know, you don't get the five and one or start this way without, you know, your entire team contributing. And really it's also not at full strength either. So, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely, you know, your your draft selections have so far been hitting home runs, you know, Thibodeau who's been only been getting better with every, with every game. It seems like uh, Evan Neal, whose name seems, we seem to talk about a lot, whether it's been helping out with Jones or helping out with Saquon Barkley even. So he's definitely mm-hmm. helped in a lot of ways. And now you are seeing Belanger getting a lot involved in the offense a lot, which is great. It was great to see Wandell back out there uh, getting his first touchdown. So, you know what, it's, it's, it's not something that we've been having to say a lot these last few years, but the Giants drafting has been spot on this year.
0: And, again, you got to give credit where credit is due to Joe Shane. And I have to ask you the next question for the next takeaway. Would you consider the Giants a legit football team? In addition, obviously right now, they're still on a three-game win streak. And during this win streak, they have beaten the likes of a Green Bay Packers team with Aaron Rodgers. And we could talk about his health all all you want, but that's still an impressive win. And then you come back against a team that, you know, a lot of people thought were going to be much better. Now, again, granted, the Ravens have had a habit of blowing a lot of second-half leads this year. But at the end of the day... That doesn't really matter. The players have been making the plays to put them in a position to win. And you know what? Credit to Daniel Jones. He's putting the Giants in a position and he's helping them to capitalize on this. And if you look at the remaining schedule, they have games against the Jaguars, which again, we're going to be talking about a little bit later. They have the Seahawks, the Texans, and the Lions. Those are all very winnable games. Now, of course, I'm not going to get greedy. I personally wouldn't be surprised if the Giants somehow found a way to lose one of those games. I mean, look, you every football team will have those moments. It happens, mm-hmm. but you have to like the position they're in. And not to mention, they have also beaten the teams of the last three league MVPs over the past few weeks.
1: Oh yeah there's there's no, there's no question about it too. So to answer your question if I do I think that the Giants are a legit football team I do. Um because of you know what they've been doing with the with the talent that they have that they have and stuff and they're you know the it's just if you if you watch the games through 6 weeks Hank and I know we do, you know we we break down every minute of every game. This is a legitimate 5 and 1. You know the, all the notion out there that the Giants are the worst 5 and 1 team you know they shouldn't be five and one, or they're lucky to be five and one. I think it's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, you know, there's been so there's been a, if you've been watching, have they been the best for all sixty minutes? No, but if you go back and look at every single game, you know they have been in all these games. You know, it's not like they're getting blown out. They're getting production from pretty much every part of this team. If you think about it, offense, defense, special teams, it's this is a legitimate five and one team. And now we'll see if as the you know, time goes on here. Yes, the schedule is favorable. Um, I'm expecting that, you know, there might be a reality check at some point. But at the same time, you look at what's been going on here, It's it's been the entire team and all facets that's gotten them to this point.
0: Yeah, well, I completely agree with that 100%. And now I think we have, it is time to reveal, as is our tradition after talking about our takeaways, the player of the week. And, you know, there were a few guys that I think you could argue were very much worthy of winning this. I think you could make the case that Daniel Jones was big. However, ultimately Tom, Sam, and I, we all talked about this after the game and we came to the consensus that our player of the week is none other than Julian love. And Johnny, first of all, do you agree with this selection?
1: Uh, yes, I I do agree with it. I think there's a, there, I mean, it's hard to pick a player of the week, Hank, but I, Julian Love would be right up there with, with, in my selection
0: too. So let me read off his stats and some of the reasons why we all came to the consensus that he was the player of the week. He had five tackles, two passes defended, including one in the end zone. That was probably a game changer as well as the pick, which again, also a game changer because it helps set the Giants up and they capitalized in victory. And this year in all the games he's played, he's had 41 tackles, three of them for a loss, one sack, a forced fumble, the pick that I mentioned, and two passes defended. And he also leads the Giants in tackles for the season. He, As you know, he was a fourth-round pick out of your Fighting Irish, and Tom's Fighting Irish right. as well, I should mention. He also was graded 86.3 on Pro... On PFF and of course the other reason in short why we picked him was because he showcases versatility by lining up on the defensive line in the box at free safety slot corner and at the outside corner Johnny like I said Julian Love is one of the more versatile players on the team and because he made the big plays that like ended up leading to Daniel Jones throwing the Two touchdowns that led to the Giants' comeback. I think that's why we we named him as our player of the week.
1: Yeah, it's a great choice. And that last point, that last bullet point on that graphic there, Hank is is so important. And I love players that can be versatile in any sport. And in football, if you can be versatile in you know whether it's offense or defense, in this case, I mean that's that's extra special. And to be that effective in all those positions is is great. It's needed uh so yeah that that's definitely a great thing to see here with love for sure you know what no pun in t- no pun intended when I say this I love it
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean look you you know I'm not like I will never say no a good to a good pun slash dad show but <laughs> let's talk about some of the transition transactions from week seven so we talked about the Giants being a legit football team and now they're in the top five among the NFL power rankings. I think definitely that's a good thing because it just goes to show you the comebacks that they've had. And I think people are now really starting to respect the giants. I mean, again, granted this isn't a roster that you're going to look up and be wowed at, but still very impressive nonetheless. And mm-hmm. some key moves that they have made right short um, during the week, they had signed wide receiver, Marcus Johnson, off the practice squad and he is now back on the roster and they have also signed veteran offensive tackle Corey Cunningham to the practice squad in addition to tight end Lawrence Cager and they have released rookie tight end Austin Allen from the practice squad so those are really all we need to mention for the week seven transactions and now of course I think it's about time to start previewing the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars and Obviously, as usual, you guys know me. I'm like a big history buff when it comes to both football and the New York Giants. I do want to mention the history between them, even though there aren't really that many connections besides one significant one that I will get into shortly. So Jacksonville, of course, leads the all-time series at four to three. The Giants, Now, the Giants also have never won a game in Jacksonville. In fact, they're 0-3 on the road, but then one one and four at, or sorry three and one at home rather jeez i can't even talk right now their last win actually against the jaguars was if i remember correctly it was late in the 2010 season they had a good comeback win in the fourth quarter and obviously the last game that these two teams where these two teams even played against each other was during the 2018 season that was actually week one where saquon barkley actually made his debut and he scored a touchdown. The Giants ended up, or the Giants ended up losing that game, twenty to fifteen. And it wasn't one of Barkley's best games, but that touchdown was a pretty big gain and one that really helped him make the staffs look a little bit better.
1: I remember that too. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely something. Uh but yeah, there's that obviously with the whole AFC NFC thing. It hasn't been a lo- a long history between these two teams. But I do remember that one with Barkley because that. You know, I remember saying at that, that time that that touchdown was like a, you felt you felt pretty confident that, you know, Barkley was going to be a good player for this team. Now, of course, you know, he had a great rookie year injuries have plagued him the last couple of years. But so far this year, I mean, he's definitely, you know, bounced back and become the Barkley that we thought we were going to have for a few years now. And again, it helps that you have a very good offensive line, which has been helping him to run. But uh, yeah,
0: for sure. So, um We have a few more comments. Uh, Chris says, I see Joe signing DJ to a two or three year deal, maybe 15 million per year as a prove it deal. If he stinks next season, you go after a quarterback in the draft. He won't be making starter money and can help the young quarterback learn the system. And I think that's an interesting point. I mean, look, I'll probably, we'll probably cross that bridge when we get there, but at the same time, if Daniel Jones really is still your franchise quarterback within a few years, then, may, hey, maybe that's not such a bad problem to have. I mean, look at what the 49ers did taking Trey Lance while still having a capable, I, I guess you could say, backup in Jimmy Garoppolo. But either way, he he could learn out of the system. And I don't think Daniel Jones is going to, like, mind taking, like, a smaller deal, like, money-wise. Because, like, we know Daniel Jones seems to really – Love playing for the Giants. He's a real team leader, and I I can definitely see him being a guy that really helps out one of the younger players. So that I that's an interesting comment.
1: Yeah, and you know the more that I think about it too, Hank. You know you look at these other teams that are going to probably be going for a quarterback that are going to be worse, probably going to end up with a worse record than the Giants. They're going to go draft a QB come draft time because the the draft class, and I know it's very early to look at this, but the draft class this upcoming season is very quarterback heavy. So. Uh, I think if you know you need if you do need a quarterback, you're going to be more um, likely to go into the draft and get one than you know signing somebody like a Daniel Jones, who you know let's be honest, the jury's still out on him. But in the right system, I think he can be successful. I think that's something that you and I have been saying for forever now. If he's in the right system, he can be a successful guy. You know, he doesn't have to be a franchise Hall of Fame guy. To be successful as long as he's in the right system. That's really all you're asking for. And that's what you see. I think you've been seeing here these first six weeks for sure.
0: And uh Deception says, evening fellows. Thank you Deception. for tuning in. Like that username actually. And do, n- yes. nice use of the numbers right there. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, no, definitely an interesting matchup. And look, if you believe in do, I think definitely it might be possible that they finally get that first win in that city. But Another thing, of course, is the Giants are entering this game as two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Johnny, what do you make of this? Do you think that this is a sign of disrespect, or do you think that the odds makers are probably giving the just giving the benefit of the doubt to Trevor Lawrence and the Jags? Because the Jags, to me, showed some signs that they can be a better team, and they probably can, can But the problem was, I think, coaching, some of the coaching decisions that Doug Peterson's made in some of the games haven't really necessarily helped them. And also Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, I still think still needs another year or so to prove that like, he really is the franchise quarterback, but he's shown some signs of decency and greatness. He
1: has. And if you've been watching, if you've seen the Jaguar games this year, Hank, uh, you know, they were pretty good against Washington there that first week and Washington came back late in the games that the Jaguars have lost here. I mean, you know, they do have a quality win, Against the Chargers, you know, it was, I don't care if it was a banged up team or not, you know, it was a very quality win. Their defense was great. They were, they didn't play that bad against the Eagles. You remember they jumped out to a quick 14, nothing lead, but I think that also shows you how great Philadelphia is. But uh, even their loss against Houston, which was, you know, an ugly low scoring game, they still weren't playing that bad. And they did show some moments against the Colts last week. Uh, it is a sign of disrespect, but I almost, I also at the same time can see why because they also are giving you that, you know, if, if you're if you're like a three-pointer or less favorite at home, it's basically showing you because you're the home team in that spot. That's why. Uh, the line's a little bit surprising. Um, I do think it's a little bit of a sign of disrespect because the Giants also do have some very quality wins to this year in the early going, but I think it's more of a sign. Let's put it this way. If, if you stuck these two teams at a neutral site, let's say if you're going to London even – if you're playing this game in, in London, who would be the favorite? I think you would have to give the Giants. Giants, I would say, would be like a two-point favorite. So I think just because Jacksonville is the home team in on Sunday, I think that's why they are the favorite. I think, though, I, I disagree with it. I, I do think the Giants are the better team. And should be the, They should be the, the ones that are laying two-and-a-half in this spot.
0: And, you know, another – and so it begs the question, can Big Blue go on and uh... – pull off, continue their winning ways, and uh, well, hey, Tuto, I hope you're right. Giants will win Sunday, and we say forget about
1: it. <laughs> Sounds that, that would like be a awesome. New
0: Yorker. Yeah,
1: I, I think, you know, the, one of the keys to this matchup, really, is going to be, you know, can the Giants get to Trevor Lawrence and, you know, continue how they've been playing the defensive ways, you know, and trying and, and and blitzing Lawrence. I think that's a very important thing when you look at it. Um, You know, Trevor can, has that ability to we're all around me, and he's got some good running backs. I mean, you know, he's got a good receiver there in Christian Kirk, and he's definitely showed some moments this year. So trying to put pressure, I mean, that's really what – it always starts in the trenches, and if you can get to the QB and, and pressure him, you've seen that The Giants been doing this a lot the last couple of weeks, you know, with an Aaron Rodgers, with uh, Lamar Jackson. So that's going to be a, a very important factor in this game for sure.
0: Absolutely, and there is one other storyline that I do need to mention – going into this game and people and this is not somebody on the Jacksonville Jaguars side. I mentioned that they have a different coach, one that I think is definitely an upgrade over the last one they had, not that oh. that's exactly a very high bar. I mean, <laughs> tied for the same amount of wins as that coach, but in any event, they did hire a guy who's won a Super Bowl. He has some experience obviously during with his time in Philadelphia but incidentally I'm sure you probably remember what happened the last time the Giants went up against Doug Peterson that was I believe it was the week 17 matchup between Philadelphia and Washington and Doug Peterson came under fire in that game because he start he had a starting quarterback but then he benched him and I can't remember but I think they start who, who it was that ended up starting in the second half but essentially he was accused of throwing the game essentially for the Philadelphia Eagles and letting Washington win the game which they needed to win to win that division. And you're, if you remember that was of course when it was the NFC lease and the Giants were 6 and 10 but there also were so many giant fans complaining about how they got screwed and whatnot and how Philadelphia should have been trying harder to win that game. I have my own opinions about that. I think Doug Peterson, as much as like you hate that he started his third string quarterback during the second half of that game, and as much as you you hate to th- see tanking, Doug Peterson was also within his rights to do what he wanted in this game. So I that's one thing I wouldn't complain about. And also looking back at that Giants season, there were at least two or three losses that had they gone any other way, we wouldn't even be having this conversation that's
1: absolutely right. I, I remember them quite well for, for sure.
0: Particularly a certain game where a certain former giant who's now on the Jaguars had a critical dropped pass. That still gives me nightmares.
1: Oh yes. And I forgot that this is also the, uh, dare I say, the Evan Ingram revenge game happening on Sunday for, for Sure. Yeah. By the way, if you remember in the preseason, you saw in training camp how uh, uh, Ingram had a couple of drop passes there in uh, in train in training camp. Look, I mean, we all like to talk about the drops with Ingram. I and mean, he also did have some great moments here with the Giants too. I mean, he he was he was pretty good. But of course, you know, all those drops and at the most critical times too—that's really what we remember him for. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be the Evan Ingram revenge game uh, down there in Jacksonville on Sunday.
0: Uh what what is he saying Hank unfortunately I won't be able to watch the Giants live game on Sunday because my rugby team are also having a match I'm a defensive power back Oh wow good for you oh, best cool. of luck to you in the rugby match
1: Yes that's that's that is that is awesome good luck with that
0: All right and um our guest Mike Vivolo should be hopping on at any moment but I'm going to continue to talk about this game so the last week, the Jaguars had a game against the Colts in Indianapolis. That was a rough, thirty-four to twenty-seven game where Trevor Lawrence went had twenty completions for, uh, when had twenty completions for one hundred sixty-five yards, one touchdown, only two incompletions. But unfortunately, he wasn't. He even though he got that in that late touchdown, they ended up blowing that lead. Travis Etienne had 10 rushes for 86 yards. And the Jaguars actually outrushed the Colts 243 to 45. And yet, because their defense just had trouble coming up with the stop, they could not win that game. And by the way, as far as Evan Ingram goes, he actually had five catches for 40 yards. So as I said, this was another game where the Jacksonville Jaguars essentially – Lost a close one, but showed a little bit of potential to where they can be good in a few years. But it just doesn't look to me like they're quite ready yet.
1: Yeah, I think it'll come with time. But I mean, on the offensive side of the ball, one of the reasons, one of the other reasons why I think the Jaguars are trending in the right direction here is a guy you just brought up there, Travis Etienne. You know, uh, Trevor Lawrence's teammate over there at Clemson. And if you remember last year, he got hurt in the very first preseason game and missed the entire season last year. So him in the backfield. I think helps out too. And now you have Ingram at the tight end spot to go along with their big free agent signing and Christian Kirk. And so you see, and then, you know, they also do have um, some good players on defense as well, including Walker. You know, they they are going in the right direction. See, the thing that also works for the Jaguars' favor here is that division. You know, the AFC South has, uh, you know, it's not really taken off now. It's got a couple of winning teams now with the 3-2-1 and one, uh Colts and the Titans, who are going to play a critical game on Sunday. But, you know, the Jaguars, they are trending in the right direction. You know, they have the right head coach there, Doug Peterson. So they are going to be a sneaky team. You know, I, I actually am a little nervous about going down there to Jacksonville this week because they are a decent team. You know, it's not like they're playing bad. You know, they've been – again, they've been in every game for the first six weeks. So I, I'm expecting – You know, the way the Giants play, the way the Jaguars play, how the Giants don't blow anybody out, but also don't get blown out, it's the same thing with Jacksonville. You know, this this could come down to who has the ball last, and that hence why we have a small spread as well. But I think we're gonna be in for a very entertaining close game down here on Sunday.
0: Yeah, for sure. It should be very interesting, and I can't wait to see how this plays out. And yeah, I really I definitely agree with you. I think the Giants definitely We'll probably have their hands full because, as we said, this is a very young Jaguars team, and you know they're trying pretty hard to get some close wins. And uh, we got a few more comments. Actually, we're six and three this season in Super Rugby League, the big boys. Last year we made it to the quarterfinals. Three years ago, our team was among the worst. Hey, speaking of turnarounds, I mean, Uh, hey, this shows you're talking about a really good turnaround. And uh, says he grew up in Jersey, diehard Giants fan, graduated from Rutgers. Hey, good for you, man.
1: Scarlet Knights, very cool.
0: But, uh, yeah, we will continue to preview this game as we are waiting on Mike Vivolo to hop on this stream. But uh, in any event, um, you've got – let's talk about some players to watch. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is one of them. He has a 65.5% passer rating, nine touchdowns, and four interceptions. And he's been saying that the Jaguars need to execute –
1: yeah, uh, you know, you're looking at Lawrence though, and he's definitely been making some improvements. I mean, you finally saw it in that Week 18 game last season that he definitely was. You know, it looked like he finally got comfortable there, and you're looking to go into this season, you know, another year under his belt, finally with a, a legitimate head coach. It definitely looks like he's definitely um, taking some good next steps, but that's why I think it's very important to try and get to him. I think it's going to be a very, very big key in this game on Sundays to try and get pressure to him and. And you know, make him feel un- uncomfortable. That that I think is a very, very big thing. Because if he steps in there and looks comfortable, he can make some very accurate throws and and you know ex- and expose you.
0: All right. Now, without further ado, let's bring on our special guest for the night, Mike Vivolo. Mike, how's it going, man?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good to see how's you my again. Yeah. It's uh going pretty good. I believe this is now your third appearance on our show. Unfortunately, we don't have Tom today like the last few times that we saw you, but at least now you're not in the car whereas last time I remember you you went up any, at, any, ODA, any, no? any and met out OD, no. Anytime. A little, we, little we, bit of a connection we, issue there with him. Oh boy. Yeah, this is uh this is a rough one. Uh, Mike, can you hear us?
2: <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. I'm, I'm going to restart on my uh, my computer because I uh, might have some phone issues.
0: Oh, okay. Nope, no problem. We'll uh, we'll bring you back as soon as possible.
2: All right. Sorry about that.
0: No, it's all good. Uh, in any event, let's get to another comment. If Aziz comes back this week, I love our matchup on the edges. If we can get Prince Charming <laughs> rattled early, we can <laughs> make this an easy win. I love that comment, by the way. Yeah, and that's
1: a guy, Aziz Ojolari, that you know what he's hasn't really been in the lineup this year. And I think that just also shows you just how remarkable the start is because they haven't really had their full complement of players, especially on the defensive side through these first six weeks, and they're still getting the job done on defense. If you add Ojalari into that mix, I mean, I think this defense can has the potential to only get better.
0: Oh, for sure. And uh let's bring up uh Tuto's comment. I was eleven years old when the Giants crafted JPP. Oh, that Damn, that's Now that's making me feel old because I was like (laughs) probably in like middle school or something and I was learning and working out with him and coach Spaggs. They've been my mentors, big, big brothers and grateful to them for life. Again, salute. Awesome.
1: Yeah. And you know, you want to talk about JPP and you want to talk about, you know, Giants history. Uh, This was something I was trying to, I I forgot to bring up earlier with you a little bit of a fun fact here too. So the 2022 Giants, you know they've won three games this year after trailing by ten plus points, which is tied for the most in a single season in their franchise history. The other three seasons they did so: twenty sixteen, last playoff appearance; twenty eleven, when they won Super Bowl forty six; and two thousand and seven, when they won Super Bowl forty two.
0: Yes, I did see that, and I think you actually brought that fun fact up on a uh, game on. I believe no.
1: Yes, but I had to. Share the love here for us Giants fans, and just you know, take this all in and be very, very happy about the, the start that that we're in. But um, but yeah, so this is a this is kind of a, a good, an important game though because you know you go to six and one, and then you go to you place, you go to Seattle after this week, and you know the Seahawks who have been a very sneaky team through the early going, and you go up there in a very tough place to play. You you, I feel like you really want to try and get this one, and then you maybe have a little bit of leeway going up to Seattle as well. This is going to be very, very important because you know the Jaguars, despite their two and four record, Hank. You know they've they've got some they've got some players on both sides of the ball that you've got to watch. Here have spoken about the offensive players, but as far as the defensive players go, you know they've also got good good pass rushers in Josh Allen and uh, Walker, their first round draft picks. So mm-hmm. uh, you know key key players on both sides of the ball. If you're the Giants, that you have to keep an eye on for heading into Sunday.
0: Absolutely, and I think a few other guys that we didn't mention. Devin Lloyd, who on the season has 56 tackles, six passes defended, and two interceptions. Definitely want to be careful if you're throwing the ball in his direction. And, of course, another team member of the secondary, Andre Cisco, who has two interceptions. And this is actually a player that Tom likes.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely is. And so this is not going to be, you know, I it, in years past, it almost would feel a little bit more comfortable, but it's, it's not going to be as easy as I think. I think this game is going to come – this game is really going to come down to a, a last-second stand. And, you know, one of the other things, too, like we've – you know, um, if you've been watching the Giants this year on defense, you know, they've been able to get off the field on third down. Uh, that That's something that in years past, you know, we've been watching and it's like they just can't get off the field. And that, I think, helps the, the defense out that they don't have to stay out there on the field for extra long periods of time.
0: All right, let's uh try this once again. And I think he has better connection based on what I'm seeing backstage. Let's bring on the one, the only, Mike Vivolo. Vivs, how's it going?
2: Yo, fellas, awesome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the invite. Love talking to you guys. Love you representing the, the double deuces up there, Leach and Jeter. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Love that. Hey, um, hey th- those are the greatest uh players to wear that number in New York history. I actually have... um. I've got a Mark Messier jersey there, but you can't really see it in the background and some other ones, but well yeah, as you can tell. I'm running running not a Rangers
2: tight. show right now, but that maybe in a, in a couple months we'll be having the same conversation about how, the, how awesome the Rangers are.
0: Oh, dude, I already have high hope for them, trust me. I But <laughs> in any event, let me get to um, a few comments. Um, Tudo says, Hank, also Clay Matthews Jr. of USC, learning edge rush and power blitz techniques from them, but I'm a fourth generation pro rugby player. Again. yeah. Well, and uh, Deception goes, is Walker – That was me,
2: back? by the way, that,
0: that, that icon. That was me. <laughs> oh, that was you? <laughs> that
2: guy's avatar. No, I'm kidding. But... <laughs> <laughs> he was a whole like, diesel.
0: But um, Deception, who, again, I love that username. Is Walker a legit pass rusher, or is he more suited for run defense and edge setting? That was an unplanned question, but, uh, Mike, I'll let you take this one first.
2: Who we talking about?
0: uh, Walker on the Jaguars?
2: Uh, I, I don't really know much about, I don't really know much about the Jaguars D they're up and down. They mm-hmm. played, they played close games. Right. Uh, I, uh, for the first two weeks of the season, I was, I was like, Oh shit. I was, I thought this was a W like leading up. And then, then mm-hmm. I saw what they were doing. And I was like, Oh, oh them and the, and the lions both. I was like, crap, we got to deal with these teams. That I thought were going to be easier games. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we have to go. Now we have to go down there and see what they're about. I think they've come back down to earth defensively and offensively as well. Um, but as long as we have, um, listen, we have possibly the best left tackle in the game right now. We, oh yeah. We, you know, Neil has showed improvements as well week to week. Um, some real mm-hmm. good stuff. Bellinger has showed what he can do in helping out, uh, blocking on, on either side on the strong side of weeks. So. You know, they got, they got their hands full. Uh, I would say that the Jacksonville Jacksonville has their hands full with what we do. And we're deceptive. We have the best, most dynamic running back in the game, so we're going to keep them on their toes. We got uh, a healthy ankle on Daniel Jones, and he's going to you know, they're going to do use him the right way at, uh, and use his legs. So, there's a lot of deception there. Um, I think that the um, you know, Jones is a, still a little shaky in the pocket when it's a pure pass, so that could get a little interesting that could get a little interesting um but so was eli manning you know yeah for his first however he was going down you know he, he would get blown down he would just blow on his, uh, on him and he would go down on purpose you know mm-hmm. um so you see the theme of this conversation is going to be the coaching right like the coaching has come come in and done great things with the talent that they have and put these talent the guys in positions to succeed and that's why we're seeing these w's so I don't know this question about Walker. Well, he's going to get blocked by some, some a new revamped O line. He's gonna, if, if if he starts giving us trouble, I'm sure they will adjust and you know action the other way. So um, you know, get to see. I'm not going to pretend I know all about this guy and what what is you know his strength, But I know he was a legit um, prospect when you know, when he came out.
0: By the way unfortunately is now three nothing Houston Astros. Alex Bregman just hit a home run, and oh, yeah. yeah, not good. Let's uh move on, move on, move on to some more comments. And um, obviously, it's only fitting that I have give this comment to uh, this Tom Scavetta comment here. This might be our toughest game over the next four weeks. Now, Vibs, I, if you see that name and that, that name's familiar, Tom, of course, is the main host of this show, but unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Due to scheduling conflicts, he was unable to make it for this episode, but we want to say once again, Tom, we miss you and can't wait to have you back on next week. And uh, I'm sure Tom has some very fond memories of when you and I and him talked and you were on your way to meeting OJ Anderson, by the way.
2: Yeah. Uh, All right, Tommy. How are you, man? Good to, uh, you know, thanks for sending that message. Love coming on your guys show. OJ's coming right here to my house a week from today. We're going to have dinner. Uh, here at my house and then we're going to go to uh, my kid's football practice to he's going to talk to the team.
0: That is amazing. And I, again, I love how every single episode we've been on, it seems like OJ Anderson somehow (laughs) gets into it, but I um, mean,
2: he's he's, a, he's, he's, he's become a friend. So we get to do things like that. Um, No, it's amazing. It's great when you,
0: it's great when you make connections with a lot of these legends.
2: Yeah, you know, and the, the legends, even the um, the guys that are now legends, like Super Bowl 42, 46 guys who are all, you know, done playing, um, some of them hang around. I had Manningham come over for dinner uh, a couple of months ago um, as well, and he, you know, hang around with my kids and throw the football and stuff. So the, in the area, uh, you know, you, you guys should do it too. Like, there's like, you know, charity events, and there's things where you can connect with these people and, uh, you know, get to know them and. Uh, help them out, and they can help you out. But as far as the question about the toughest game in the next four weeks, um, when do we play the Seahawks?
1: We next the after this game. We got that uh, think, that's on the.
2: That I think is going to be might be a tougher game because we got go Seattle, and they're putting up points. Geno and them are, they're putting up points, so that I think will be could be tougher. Um, I'm just not that scared of Jacksonville, man. They, I, I'm just not that scared of them. I have, I think, that, you know what's really crazy? The parity in football has has grown. There are so many teams that are so similar. The phrase, any given Sunday, is so true nowadays. Like, are we the Bills and the Chiefs? No. But there's only really a couple teams that are like the, these upper echelon teams. The Bills the Chiefs, I might put the Eagles there. I really don't think, I don't really think the Vikings are... It's so explosive. I really don't think the Cowboys are so great. Like it's Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, and maybe, every, and then everyone else. Um, and that's why you see the Jets at four and two, the Giants at five and one, Minnesota at five and one. These weird, you know these. So I think it's any given Sunday. Why not? I have a complete confidence in Jacksonville. I'm astonished that we're three point dogs or three and a half points, depending on what site or where you go. That is crazy to me because. They're two and four. Like, what, what do you, what kind of, like, it's amazing that we still, not, we're not still not getting the respect.
1: Yeah, Mike, I was just actually saying that to Hank earlier. I mean, if you look mm-hmm. at, if you look at Jacksonville's games this year, they've actually, kind of like the Giants, they've actually been in every one of the games. But I think the difference is the Giants have been able to close out games and come back, and Jacksonville has not. But they do have a quality win. I know the Chargers were banged up when they played them, but still, nevertheless, they were. They played a very quality game there. Uh, they, they actually jumped out to a quick lead against the Eagles, but I think it also shows you how great Philadelphia is. So in some ways, actually, the two teams can be kind of similar, but I think the difference is the Giants coaching and the, the ability that, to finish games and, you know, their their ability to do that and Jacksonville's inability to do that has been a difference. So that's why I actually think this game is going to be really close. But, you know, speaking about, you know, the Giants here, just for a second, uh one of the big question marks going to the season was about Daniel Jones and you've you've seen now what the Giants have been able to do what he's been able to do they've had you know three games this year where they've trailed by 10 plus points and he's been a big reason why the Giants have been able to come back and win so what is your thoughts about Jones if you think he can be the answer the future for this team going forward for years to possibly for for a few years to come
2: you know you see I I mean' it's, it's tough. Most of you, I want to say yes, but ultimately, to win a championship at this level right now, or what the game has become, you either have to have a Tom Brady-esque mentally awesome leader, and then also have the amazing defense that Tampa had and Peyton Manning had with Denver, right? If you're not going to be, or you have to be a ridiculously explosive offense. I mean, those are the only two. Choices for the Super Bowl. That's just how that's just how it works. Mm -hmm. So, which one of those makes which one of those you guys think we're going to be able to fall in? To me, it might be the defensive side of things and like you know, try to make you try to game manage, do the best you can. Right now, right, we're a rushing team and a very very poor passing team. That's not going to hold up when you go to the Super Bowl against the Bills or the Chiefs. It's just that's just not going to right. It's just not going to hold up. So. What does the front, what is what does everyone believe about him? Give him tag him. What are you gonna do? What are you what are you gonna do with him? Uh, long-term contract. Um, I don't I don't know. I really don't know. He's like that anomaly because the team is so young. And I'll tell you this much, we all know this. Five and one changes everything. But Jesus, we're five and one. We have like almost some kind of I don't want to say clear path because I'm an optimist to 10 double digit double digit wins, right? What 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 are you gonna do this with this guy off a double-digit win season? Not to say he's, he's not capable of leading a team, so it could be very, very interesting. Uh, I don't know. How, you guys probably know better than me what kind of money we can afford to pay him, but we're we're gonna most likely tag Saquon at this rate. So we can't probably tag Daniel Jones. Um, I, I, I don't know, but that, that's my that's that's my answer. Like maybe tag him, and uh, pay Saquon. A, you know, try to figure out work work something short term deal with him because. You could probably get Saquon cheaper and for a short amount of, of years. You tag Daniel Jones, take another flyer on him, and see if you you know expand his you know uh, offense. See if he can see if he can do it. Um, that could that could be, but it's very interesting, right? It's a very interesting anomaly we're
0: we're facing with him. It is, but I think I tend to think that you have to take that risk with Daniel Jones if let's say he keeps up this pace for the rest of the season because, again, this is only a short sample. Are you going to sign him, Hank? Are you going to sign this dude? Are you going to give him up? What are you going to give him? I I know, but th- that's a thing. But I also d- wouldn't be surprised if, say, Daniel Jones took, like, less, a lesser amount of money because he seems like that kind of guy that's, like, willing to, like, take one for the team and, you know, help out the other guys. And Do let me go back. Do you think he's going to
2: be able to go and get more money somewhere else?
0: I don't know though. That's the thing.
2: That's the thing. So it'd be very interesting. I think Saquon is my. I I, I see Saquon as a, a, a big part of the Daniel Jones. This also because of our offense, because of we're in cap hell, and we're going to need to pay somehow mm-hmm. pay these guys. So I think you could probably get Daniel Jones for cheaper on the dollar, as they say, as a quarterback position. Then you obviously can get Saquon at the running back position. So. Could be you you could be right. I mean maybe you take that risk because you can get them for a, a good price.
0: Yeah I now think- l- one of the th- things that's really that I that have been my biggest takeaways is that pretty much a lot of the younger players have shown some progress. In particular for me, Kayvon Thibodeau has really gotten better over the course of the past few weeks and uh I only think he's gonna do better in the second half so if you look at his numbers from Oregon he actually had really good numbers in the second half of his seasons and he seems like a guy who just gets better in crunch time but I think some of the unsung heroes to me are Evan Neal who really showed some progress this past week and as Tom pretty much has been talking about with me a lot like whether it be through text or on this show Daniel Bellinger is another good guy the tight end that we drafted like been making some big catches and a really good blocker too. I, blocking and tackling, but my friends, blocking and tackling, exactly. And uh, that's what a certain guy on the other side with the Jaguars did not do enough. But we don't really mention it. We've only really mentioned his name a few times.
2: That's well. The the thing is, I'm not to not to be boring. To I don't want to bore people with my fantasy lineups. But he's in this week for me at the tight end spot. Uh, just because I have a of a, a weird feeling, it's like I'm just like it's, I'm hedging my bet here. And I, I he's a good dude. I don't think there's any any bad blood. I don't think people are gonna boo him. Whatever. But um, I don't. I just don't. I don't like the idea of a of a um, Evan Ingram revenge game. Like I really don't like that that um that you know that that connotation if you put on it. Trust me, we will be seeing that over Twitter all day. If he does anything even remotely good, forget about score a touchdown. It's gonna be. Evan Ingram revenge game. Evan Ingram revenge game. All all over the place. Um. So I don't want to. I don't want to see that at all.
0: Yeah, I have a feeling your buddy uh, LPG probably will agree with you on that one. Yeah, uh, you know,
2: we. Uh, I was was a good dude, and and I'll say this again. I'll go back to obviously he had that um, the 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 drop against Philly that would have put us, you know, in hindsight would have put us in the playoffs that year against Tampa. Um, if, if you look that out to go back to the coaching of what this team, what this, what this team is, there's always been talent on this team, right? There's always been mm-hmm. some not great, you know, some mi- huge misses on the drafts, but also some talented picks in the draft. Like we got McKinney, Julian Love is showing his, you know, his, his stuff. Um, obviously AT has been amazing. And this your Saquon. We were in so many games. We lost so many games. i also put Dexter in there, too, as a good driver. Dexter, uh, was it last year when he, the offsides against Washington on a field goal? Right? Was that last year?
0: Yeah, so, that was a year ago, I believe. Two. Like, the, there was so
2: many games, literally, each of the last three seasons where four games could have completely gone differently if it was for a little bit better coaching, a little bit of discipline, a play call that went the right way, or one catch, something like that. We're a we're totally different team if those things happen. Now we're on the other side of that. Um, and you see how much more fun it is to be on the other side of that.
0: Well, yeah. And Tell me and, something you know, happened in the Yankee game, Hank. It is now uh, three to two. Uh, Glaber hit an RBI single. Okay. Awesome.
2: I'm getting buzzed up so, over here. And I was like, something definitely. Now I'm
0: starting to like get my hopes up, even though obviously I'm kind of trying to be a little more level headed with the Yankees. But in any event, let's talk about some of the players to watch. Now, Johnny and I kind of briefly touched upon this before we brought you on but um i wanna I'm gonna ask this question for both of you if there is a player to watch for each team that you have, give me one from the Jaguars and one for the Giants and this is kind of a tradition that Tom like usually does when he's on as the host so uh
2: right. well, Mike, we'll, with you Jaguars is Travis entian he. Is a pass catching back? He's a little scat back. That's the kind of thing that could mm. have we could have trouble with, kind of like we had in the um, the Dallas game with that, that whatever his name was, Dunlap or Dun Dunlap or whatever his name was that scored those two TDs. You know, we're having trouble, like we had trouble covering Mark Andrews in the tight end position. So if there's something like Evan Ingram, not Mark Andrews, but if if, if you get uh, the, the the running back out of the backfield and some dump offs, I could see him having like. You know, those six to eight catches that really put a thorn in our ass the entire time. So watch Travis Antin because they have a kind of like a two-headed monster at right running back, and he's a good like third-down back type of guy. Um, on our side, I think mm-hmm. it's time. It's time to really hold our breath on Wandell because I had this conversation with LPG yesterday Ooh. about Wondell, and, and it just came to me like. You know Daniel Jones is your quarterback. You know he's not going to have a ton of time to throw because of the offensive line, and you know that he's not the best kind of just you know faking out safeties and that sort of thing. He kind of stares down his receivers downfield a little bit. Wondell he's a he's a you know a, a short possession type of receiver, drafted because of the, the of Daniel Jones because of Daniel Jones' characteristics. We got mm-hmm. this short, this little guy who can go five seven yard outs, like in and squeak in, kind of do some jet sweeps and that sort of thing. I think Wandell was drafted because of Daniel Jones' strengths and weaknesses. So we saw that come out right away, and I was like, wait a second, they they're using him perfectly in this offense right now, and Daniel Jones is comfortable dumping off three yard slants or little out patterns or that that kind of wide receiver screen thing that scored the touchdown. So watch Wondell. He could be here. the same kind of thing that I'm saying about with Entian, a thorn in your ass, third down possessions, little, you know, these little three, five yard games that really add up. So watch Wondell, watch Travis
0: Entian. Absolutely. I like those choices. Uh, Johnny, who do you have?
1: Well, Etienne's a good choice because, you know what, I think that's 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 definitely a help for Trevor Lawrence, you know, being his being teammates in Clemson. If you remember last year, Etienne got hurt in the first preseason game and missed the entire season. And that was one of the major things that I think uh, Lawrence missed there in Jacksonville. Yeah. I think, you know, I think you got to keep it very simple here with Jacksonville. You got to watch for their big uh, playmaking wide receiver and Christian Kirk, who they signed. People were talking about him being uh, them over, overpaying for him, but um, you know, Jacksonville needed a a potential deep guy and Christian Kirk is that guy. So I, I keep an eye out for him. I think for the giants, I think a player to watch here, um, you know, I was talking about it on the defensive side. I think Dexter Lawrence, you know, I I think a key yeah. is, you know what, I, one of the keys to I mean, for me in this game is getting pressure to Trevor Lawrence because I think he has that kind of ability where you know what, if he if he gets to be looking too comfortable in there, he's shown that he can throw some deep passes and make some big plays. Um He's, I think he's only He's only going to be improving. You know, I think he didn't feel really comfortable last year until week 18, that game against the Colts, and you've seen him have some moments early on this year. Like I said, you know, Jacksonville, they've been in every game this year. You know, they just have not been able to close out them out, uh, but that's really something you have to watch. So I'm looking uh, one offensive player, one defensive player, Christian Kirk for the uh, Jags and Dexter Lawrence on the Giants side.
0: Dexter Lawrence and Christian Kirk, I like that. And um, hey, sexy Dexy, as Tom calls it, has been huge for us on the defensive side. And um all right, so for my players, I'm gonna go with Josh Allen. He's been leading the Jaguars defense with three sacks and somebody they that the Giants offensive line is definitely gonna be watching out for. But if you have noticed a pattern with why I'm taking Josh Allen, it's because on the Giants side. I'm going to go with Andrew Thomas. Why? Because I think he has been an absolute key reason as to why Saquon Barkley is having a renaissance. He has been a pillar among that line and he's slowly emerged as one of the best left tackles no in questions. the league. So no as Tom knows from me making, giving this for like the players to watch, I'm going to go big defensive, big uh, defensive end. And then, offensive lineman for the...
2: That's going to be a good battle right there. That's going to be a good battle. It is. And, you know, a lot of the fans are going to remember that that's who a lot of us wanted instead of Daniel Jones. Right? Mm-hmm. Josh Allen was the pick that was on the yeah, board. Yeah,
1: one pick above.
2: And, then, and we we passed on him. Absolutely.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, because the, Gi- the Giants could have had both Josh Allen and Josh Allen.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> both- yeah. To be fair, that's kind of a hindsight twenty twenty. It is hindsight.
1: Yeah. I know. I mean, it's easy to say that now with both of them, but uh,
0: but you know, but I
2: do not re- know a lot about the defense of Josh Allen, but in that it, he kept drop, he dropped, he dropped he to us. I Actually, it, it was because the Jets picked. Who did the Jets pick? The Jets uh, picked like a weird. Oh no, the Raiders. The Raiders picked. No, a it weird was the Raiders
0: pick. who took Cleveland Farrell. Yes, and we're, we're like one of many whoa. failed Mike Mayock picks.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And my mistake, Josh Allen, the defensive end who went to Jacksonville, he went after the Giants because he was there for the that Giants. Means. I said he got, I said he went above them. I'm sorry, he felt if he, he went behind them, yeah,
2: right. But we got gifted that, and I, you know, a lot of fans thought that was going to be the pick. Just kind of like we got, we got gifted, and it's just hard. Like, don't mess it up. He's right there for you. Now, I'm not saying Daniel Jones was a risk there; kind of was, but like just like this year's draft. When Thibodeau and Neal fell perfectly to us, two, right? Like, just don't mess it up. Just take the guys that are, that that we know are there that are going to do it. So um, I'm not, you know, listen. gentleman wasn't was not didn't act like that. He took Daniel Jones there. We have him now. He's a very capable young man. Very great legs, right? Great runner. Got to do his right thing. He's smart. I feel like he he uh, he just stares down his guys a little bit too much. And he also probably doesn't have a lot of open guys right now because we have very we have no one out there running, running, uh, running these guys, these routes. So, um, very interesting. Josh Allen, yeah, yeah. This is an interesting guy. We got Evan Ingram over there. We got Josh Allen over there. Last week we had uh, JPP.
1: All right.
2: Yeah. Oh, you down with JPP? It's gonna be an emotional. It's gonna be an emotional game for Evan Ingram if it was. Oh man, you, what do you guys think? If it was if it was here, he would get booed.
0: Oh, probably. But then again, there are probably a lot of going to be a lot of Giant fans down in that's Jacksonville true. to watch that that's game, true. so that's he true. might get booed there anyways.
2: You think he would get he would get he would get more boos at home?
0: Probably, right? Yeah, yeah probably. fair share. Yeah. Yeah. By the, the way, let me uh, bring up anybody. this comment that uh, Chris has. Thank the gods, Giants started good. Tired of the Yankees. Gi- <laughs> me too. Uh, we yeah. all
2: that's a great comment.
0: I know. Um, if, I know Tom might uh, have his own thoughts because he's a Mets fan, but that's <laughs> that's okay.
2: Mets, are excited just to make it to
0: October. I mean, pretty much. And uh, in any event, let's talk about some of the big keys to the games that you have. And Johnny, yeah. I'm going to start with you. You this time. What do you? What's your number one key to the game?
1: Well, I mean, if you if you've been watching throughout this entire season, one of the things you've noticed is with both teams, really, you know, it's They've both been playing close games. I think the key to this game, really, it could very well be who has the ball late. You know what? It could come down to a come uh, down to who has the ball last with in in the last two minutes. Because these two teams, you know, they're both they both can win. They but I don't think either team has the talent to blow another one out. So this the key might be who has this ball, who has the ball within the last two minutes. And I think another one too. I'll give you a second one too. You know, okay. turnovers. I mean, I think. I think it comes down to very simple. When you look at the Giants here, Daniel Jones has not been turning the ball over the last several weeks. And that's why I think, you know, um, Mike, I was talking about this with Hank earlier. One of the reasons why I love uh, Brian Dable is that first game against Tennessee when uh, Jones makes that very bad uh, throw in the end zone, that back shoulder throw to Barkley, he gets intercepted. One of the things you see on that Fox broadcast right away is Dable almost go all Mm -hmm. Tom Coughlin.
2: And you know what?
1: Yes. And I think from that moment on, you know what? One thing you notice about Jones is he's been limiting his mistakes. So if if you can continue that, then I think you've definitely got a great chance to win this game. So limit the turnovers. Uh, You know, there's really a few keys. You know, who has the ball last? uh, Limit the turnovers. And you know what? We'll um, we'll 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 see. And, you know, uh, if you can get pressure as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, no team with, no, no team that loses the turnover battle is, is supposed to win. You know what I mean? We're not going to go out here and throw two picks and two fumbles and and, and going to win. That's not going to that's not going to be a good way to go about this when our offense is struggling to you know break uh, twenty five points. Um, key to the game, if you want to get to which where we want to right now, I think a strong part of our we're, we're a second half team, obviously, so that's great. We want right. to keep it close get in the second half. We want to get to that fourth quarter where it's a, a you know a tie game. right that that would that would be we almost be comfortable there. But in order to get there, we gotta play, I think, a fairly low scoring game. So we're not gonna be playing games in the thirties, which means we got to get to Trevor Lawrence. So Absolutely. You, you gotta get to Trevor Lawrence. At least make him very uncomfortable. You can't give him too much time in there to go to and you said earlier, Johnny, right? You can't if you give him too much time, he's gonna rip you up the uh, who they play? Uh, the Eagles. Did they play the Lions? What was that shootout they had? They had a, shoot- a Chargers. Yeah. They the more time and it turns out the Chargers aren't nearly as good as we all thought either. So that's why that game went into like the thirties. But you said Kirk on the outside. You got Evan Ingram, who is a football player. Let's not just let's you know let's just put that aside for our feelings aside. You give Trevor Lawrence too much time. He's a very number one pick, right? He's a very talented. He's the second most talented person on this field after Saquon coming on Sunday. And you can't give him too much time. Get to him, get Leonard Williams, who we haven't mentioned his name yet, get Leonard Williams back to churning, churning that line, making some making that O line uncomfortable. And Dexter Lawrence doing it in. And Thibodeau may be coming around now because man, that guy can be a he's a lightning, his personality is lightning. So this D line, put some pressure on Trevor Lawrence, make him make the mistakes, uh, and keep and keep them scoring well. We win this game if what do we need? How many points? I'm gonna put it on you, Hank Johnny. How many points do we need to score
0: to win? I'm gonna say around like 26, 27, maybe.
1: Yeah, I was thinking something along the lines of like 24, 20, because really those are the kind of games the Giants play right now. You know, you've, one thing you've noticed too, also the Giants, you know, they gave up 22 against Green Bay and 20 against, uh, against Baltimore. Two teams that
2: you gave up 26 against Dallas, right? That was our highest, yes. Okay. Right. So there you go. I mean, we got to score 25, 26. That's what I would say. That's what I would say. Not out of the question. Not out of the question. Two, two, three touchdowns, you know, two touchdowns, three field goals, something along those lines. Um, That's another
1: possibility. Yeah. You know,
2: I think if you put us into the high twenties, we'll be fine. We'll get that. We'll we'll get that. I, I, I think that, but we're too talented on that D line. I think Thibodeau he's an engine. I don't know what I don't know what the the Jags line is. I don't know who he's going to be lined up against, but he is he is an engine man. And he's and what is this, his third or fourth game? Like what, what, what game is this, third game? Yeah, yeah. So like, come fourth, on, yeah. he, he's a rookie too. So wait till he gets going, dude.
0: Maybe I'll change it to tib- whatever Thibodeau get get to Trevor Lawrence. So as far as my main take, my main key to the game is I have a few. Number one. I would say is the one that I almost always say on the show, which is get off the field and third down. And the giants actually did a good job with that last week. The Ravens were only four for 10 on third down conversions. Oh, and I would argue that that was probably a difference between the giants winning and losing that game. So I hope that that continues. Number two, I would say me, I would uh, say to take advantage and score when you're in the red zone, because Mike Kafka has made some really good play calls with the Giants getting that far. And again, that definitely helped in their win over the Ravens last week. So I would say strike while the iron's hot and score, score while you're in the run zone or, or cross the end zone, I should say. And then second touchdowns of all, in
2: like second touchdowns end. in the red zone where, yep. I mean, this Giants team for how freaking long was it? Oh, good. Great play to get onto the, the, the 17 yard line and three, three plays field. goal. I mean, that was
0: our whole life. We were watching that. That was ridiculous. So now let's uh, get to the injury report. So I'm going to briefly run down the, the deal with all the players that are been on the injury report. So Cordell Flott is, did not practice due to calf issues. Kenny Galladay also did not practice due to knee. I don't know if he's going to be playing, but then again, it's not like we need him anyways. Kadarius Tony had hamstring issues also did not practice. And Jason Pinnock had an ankle injury, did not practice. And the other player that did not practice was Ocean Zimenez, who was dealing with quad issues. And
2: oh, really? as
0: far as players with limited practice, Aziz Ojalari was dealing with calf issue, but I think he will still be able to play. Saquon Barkley had a shoulder issue, but I think, again, we'll still be seeing him back. John Feliciano had groin issues, but again, limited practice. I think he'll be fine. Same with Andrew Thomas, who was dealing with an elbow injury. And as far as the Jaguars, Jamal Agnew and Shaquille Griffith, Did not practice because Agnew had a knee injury and Griffin was dealing with back issues. And then Paul Ronzo Fatoukasi, I I think that's his name. He was dealing with a quad injury had limited practice. Devon Hamilton had a foot injury, also had limited practice. Marvin Jones Jr. had a hamstring injury, limited practice, did not play either. And again, I'm going to mispronounce this guy's name. Foisade oh. Aluokon, I think that's his name. Also had a limited oh, time Again, I don't know what it hmm. is with, the, with these names, but that that's how it goes. And now, last but not least, let's get to your game predictions. Hmm. I am going to start with Johnny first and foremost. Well,
1: you know, again, like I've been saying all show long, these two teams play close games throughout. I mean, I think the one really blowout was really Jacksonville over over the Chargers, but these two teams play close games. This could very come down to the last two minutes. Uh, the line in this game, I think is totally disrespectful that the Jags are two and a half point favorite. I kind of get why, because they're the home team and, you know, they do have kind of convincing wins again, a convincing win against the, the chargers. But at the same time, and if you've been watching the giants play, you know, a lot of the talk has been that the giants are unlucky. They don't deserve to be or the worst five and one team. I think that is a bunch of baloney, but I look at this game. I think this game is going to come down to a very, very close game. But I, I like the Giants to come out of this one 24 to twenty.
2: Okay, What's the score. All right, I. Um, I mean, obviously, I have us winning. This is what I'm going to tell you, also, too, because I've been getting into the gambling a lot I'm looking at these different lines, and I, I just mm-hmm. like putting together parlays and stuff. In fact, I got to check my parlay right now. What's the score of the, the, that game? The football game.
0: Which one? The uh, the Cardinals. At last, yeah. I saw the Saints were up seven to six. Um,
2: you know who scored that touchdown?
0: No, I do not. I just took a look at the score.
2: Um, so I am going to not only take the Giants plus. Is it just seeing two and a half now, Johnny? I was seeing three, but I'm not only going to take the Giants plus three. I'm going to actually buy the line out to like nine because I think there's a possibility here. I just psyched myself into it when I was talking about the D line there's a possibility here that we could put, we can get them so uncomfortable offensively that we can just, we can just make them miserable and end up winning this game by a, a big margin. So I'm going to take giants 27 Jaguars, 13.
1: Oh, nice.
2: Big line. Plus 10. Buy it out. You give me $10 will get you like 300.
1: So just a couple of things real quick, uh, Mike, uh, the line right now, Jacksonville is favored by three. Yeah, um, okay. right now, and it's fourteen to six. New Orleans midway through the second quarter. Oh, uh, Tayson right. Hill, Tayson Hill has a touchdown catch, and uh, Shahid has a fifty-three yard touchdown catch from Andy Dalton. So that's the scoring from the New Orleans side. Oh,
2: nikes, and it was field goals on the other side. Yes,
1: two field goals for Arizona.
2: Okay. I had a big parlay that I put, I think it was Zach Ertz to score the first touchdown. So if that doesn't hit in the whole parlay, the whole parlay. Oh, so that didn't oh. happen. But I did have Taysom anytime in a different one. So I got to go check that. So that's one of those. That's good. Uh, all right, Hank, what's your game predictions, man?
0: All right. So first of all, let me uh, get to Tom and Sam. I unfortunately, we I, we do not have a recorded video of Tom and Sam making their picks. That is obviously, as I mentioned, they could not be here with us on this week. Sam, unfortunately had some family stuff that she had to deal with, but hopefully she will be back next week. So Sam, I hope you're doing well. If you're watching this and we're thinking of you, Sam, Yep. I know she has the giants winning and Tom, of course also has the New York giants winning. I believe he has a similar score as you guys. He has the giants winning by a score of 23 to 17. And you know, Normally, I hate like when I'm making like unanimous predictions with regards to an NFL game score, but unfortunately, I can't really say I disagree with any of you guys because I have the Giants winning by a score of 22 16. I know that's kind of a weird score, but I, you figure it's going to be a lower defensive, defensive, yeah. scoring, defense struggle. So that's the score that I have the Giants winning. And this is probably the first time in a while I've really. Felt like I had the chance to pick the Giants, but you know, given the way they've been playing. Hey,
2: wait a second, you guys on this show—do you ever? You guys do you, you game predictions every time, and you you predict. You choose the, You choose the other team to win sometimes,
0: or occasionally. Always- we we try to be realistic. I don't know if I could handle that. I would have to hey, always uh- pick the Giants. Mike, <laughs> I'll say on
1: my end when I made my predictions on my on my show, I a couple of weeks ago when the Giants were in London, I had the Packers winning that game by like a thirty-one to twenty score, and I got and that one totally. Fortunately, I got
2: that one totally wrong. But yeah, so okay, I mean, you I should be thinking against the G-men, baby. Now they're getting, you know, you are getting to now understand. Like I said, we had the talent. You need the coaching to put these guys in positions to succeed. They're NFL football players any given Sunday. They're in a pool of 20-ish teams that can win any Mm -hmm. given Sunday. Absolutely. That's what, right? Like, seriously, you wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville won. They're not blowing us out. We're not blowing them out. Maybe my score was a little, little, little rambunctious 27-13, but there's only a couple teams. It's only the Bills and the Chiefs and maybe a very, very healthy Chargers team and then the Eagles. And that's it. Like, I don't see any, like, you know, that's the teams. I'm like, all right, those are the class, and everyone else is any given Sunday. And our schedule, I can't wait to play the Eagles. If we keep steamrolling this, if we come out of these next four games, I don't know, three and one, and now, you know, now we're eight and two, whenever we play the Eagles, it's going to be amazing. I cannot wait to play the Eagles.
1: I think you're right, though. I think it's those four teams and then and then really everybody else, except if you're Carolina, probably. That would be it. I'd say. <laughs> right,
2: right, right. Carolina, I, mean, I right.
1: live down here in South Carolina, so I follow the Carolina Panthers really close. They live up there. Uh, they work up there in Charlotte. I'll tell you, they are the worst team, and I'm the one that feels really big because I had them winning eight games this year. So, uh,
2: but And that was great that they were on our schedule, and that was our home opener, and it, that was a very ugly game, but it's like we worked kinks out. So definitely schedule is coming into play here, fellas. Like, our schedule yep. is, is nice, but we beat the Packers and we beat the Ravens, and those were two of the hardest games on our schedule, or at least that that we saw.
1: Yeah, so and that game against Carolina,
2: game.
1: that game against Carolina, I think also just showed you though, like, and you've seen this throughout the season with the Giants, is really all three areas of the team—offense, defense, and special teams—all contributing. Really, I mean, when's the last time you were able to be so confident about the Giants' special teams? You know, whether it's been their punting team, their returning team, or you know Graham Gano being kicking. I mean, he's been he's had some very solid fifty plus yard kicks this year.
2: Graham Gano is amazing. I still don't really like what we what we do or what we don't do in the return game. Um, That's always we, been something, right? Ugh, return game is is brutal. But then again, like you know, we we you, uh, you uh, us we got these guys under a microscope. I'm sure if we were fans of other teams, this probably not that great. The return games aren't that great across the league. But, you know, really we're, we're, on, like, we're on top of these guys. Right, right. I, I did want – um, I mean, we, Tony, I think, could return. But, like, he, you put him as a returner, you're risking even more injury. So mm-hmm. I don't know what you're going to do. But he, he to me, could be a, a quintessential returner. And we asked Stephen Baker why he thought Tony wasn't returning punts or at least you know, whatever punt returning. And he thought that uh, – he said that either he doesn't know, like, his – you know, kind of like assignment, like, you know, like how, how to actually field the punt, like how to actually like bring it in 99.9% of the time and know when to fair catch and know when to take a step back and know when to read it. So we're like, yeah, the guy's a dynamic athlete when he gets the ball in his hands, but he's got to adjust to the NFL game um, and not be hurt all the time.
0: Absolutely. Well, Mike, I want to thank you again for joining us on Big Blue Avenue. It is always a pleasure when you have we have you on the show. And before we let you go, we have to do our normal tradition and ask you to please plug yourself.
2: Plug myself, Mike Vivolo, Team Vivolo. We do the uh, you know True Blue Show, which is kind of podcast, kind of Instagram, kind of charity work. Like we kind of just do like this multimedia thing. Um, starting up a Guys, I'm going to, I'm going to have you, uh, you you're going to love this gambling show. That is, I can't reveal all of it. What it has been in the works for a while now, it will be dropping hopefully very, very soon. It's going to be awesome. My partner in the show, she is awesome. You're going to like that. We're going to be at tailgates. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff. Um, But you know, I don't want to go overboard and, and announce anything. It, it, it is coming soon. And then, oh, check this out. Hold on. Stay right there. Oh, you want to see something awesome? Stay right there.
0: Yes. Oh boy, I love this tease. Oh boy, this is this is keeping me in suspense.
2: All right. So, first of all, we're also working on these. We're also working on these giants chains, right? Oh, no, so these will be coming out soon. All right. Pretty. I got this from a DJ in Miami last year for Dolphins Giants. We went down. That and a DJ that had this behind the booth, and I was like bro, I need to have that. He's like, no problem. 80 bucks. I was like, done. Whatever you want, I have to have that chain. So then I went, I was right before we were like in some club tailgating. It was like a tailgating in a Miami club. And I got, and we walked into the game, and that game was terrible too, but ever since then, everywhere I go with this, people offer me a hundred. Hey dude, I'll give you a hundred right now. hundred right now. hundred right now. So if I had these, I, I would be making thousands of dollars in the tailgate. The second thing that we do have, and if you guys want one, let me know. We have I have. Check this out. LT Hawaiian shirts.
0: Oh my. Nice. Oh, hold on. I didn't even show you my jersey.
2: Nice. Lawrence Taylor custom Hawaiians. You cannot get them anywhere but just with me. Even on the inside. That is.
0: is Stay right there. Oh my! We should do a drum roll for like. Staff. I was gonna say we need a drum roll, or
1: but wait, so there's more. Saquon Hawaiians. Oh my! Oh baby, gosh. look at that!
2: I should have wore this other, I forgot. I had a whole. I have a whole bag of these things. So we have we have a couple Saquon Hawaiians. They're hundred bucks each. Saquon Hawaiians and LT Hawaiians. And next game I'm at. I'm sure they'll uh, they'll be sold out in about the first ten minutes. I'm in the parking lot. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I got some got some uh, got some some swag, all custom. This is hard to find though. We can't we can't find someone to make it. I, we were at one designer. You know we can find someone to make it, but like the price doesn't add. You know what I mean? We got they want to make like a thousand of them or some shit. Um, yeah, but that's what we're up to, man.
0: Oh uh, wow! That is uh, awesome. I mean, awesome. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, man.
0: yeah, I think um, you've pretty much left us mind blown, but um, yeah, Mike, thanks once again for joining us. Always a pleasure. Thank you for plugging yourself and uh, Hey, hopefully we will have you back sometime in the near future, whether it be later on this season or sometime next season.
2: Anytime brothers. Anytime. And let, Oh, let me tell you what, hold on. One other thing. Hold on one more.
0: Why? Were <laughs> okay. okay, okay. Go the late great
1: Billy Mays is saying, but wait, there's more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Billy. <laughs> Oh man, one of my favorite pitchmen too. All right, we got some we
2: got some charity stuff. Well, first of all, this is from my boy Jimmy Ranzano at the um the sports chill screw hue shirts. <laughs> That's nice. Right. Um and then for charity, for if it's you guys or whoever, if anyone if you have know anyone who has um little kids, this is my children's book that I wrote called Goodnight Canton. Mm. Um it's a children's book about the the hall of fame. Um and of course we have You know some some guys that you jersey you may be wearing in the book. Um, Um, This one. This is an LT on LT's page. We have autographed LT. So LT autographed these books for us, and the money goes to the Otis Anderson Mm -hmm. Scholarship Foundation. So we have, I think we only have two left, two autographed copies. I'm keeping one for myself, but um, uh, I am the the author. My friend Jonathan Bartlett is the um, the illustrator right there. Mm And it's, if you ever read Night Moon, I don't know if you guys have kids, but this is exactly in the same rhyme scheme. As-
0: That's so clever. Uh-oh, did he freeze on us?
1: I think we're losing him,
0: yeah. Um. Oh, never mind. He's still there.
2: We're back. Yeah. L- <laughs> LT signed him. And then I hold on. I think I got one more.
0: I think the internet was like so so mind blown by the by the L Yes, <laughs> why froze. Um, oh,
2: hold on, one more thing. Oh, <laughs> but wait, there's even more. Wait, there's more. Right? There's more. This is all for the Otis Anderson Charity Foundation. LT autograph books and check out this big card that's signed by LT. It's like a huge um football card. Oh, look at that and there's LT the LT auto so these are all 200 200 for a book 200 for this thing and 100 for the for the uh, for the Hawaiians if anyone's interested
0: <laughs> if you wanted me to plug myself Hank. plug hey, that, that's no we we love it you we want to get you to plug yourself as much as possible but yeah thank, thank you so much Mike always a pleasure
1: Mike thank you so much man that was that was, that was great great stuff.
0: Anytime, man. Anytime.
2: Go Giants. 27-13.
1: Yes. Big blow. Let's go big blue. That's
0: right. All right. Now, what do we do? That was Mike Vivolo, and as always, he is such a great guest and did not let us down. He provided some great insights about the New York Giants, and I love hearing about a lot of the charity work he does, and I love seeing some of the episodes on his podcast. He is the real deal and a legitimate Giants fan and what a guy. And um folks, once again, that'll be pretty much it for this episode of big blue Avenue, Johnny, I want to thank you for hopping on this show. And uh can you please plug yourself as well? Although, unfortunately, Absolutely, I yes, was great, it
1: was great. It was great Bye. to fill in Tom, Sam, we missed you both, but uh it was an honor and pleasure to fill in for you both. Uh Yes. You can catch me um when I'm, I'm I also fill in uh, every now and then here on review and preview, you know, this is always my home, my home uh, network, you know, I'm I'm actually heading up to New York, Long Island this weekend. I'll be uh, not that far away from where the show originally started about eleven, a little over 11 years ago. But you can catch me on uh, Game On on the Empty the Bench podcast network with Mr. Hank and Victor himself right there. Uh, we are on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern there on the Empty the Bench podcast network where you can also catch, you know, I do segments called Monty Moments. We had one that dropped. Uh, today about the college football scene which has been absolutely crazy you know we also do our f- pro football picks every friday against the spread so we do a bunch of content there uh with my main show game on tuesdays at 7 p.m eastern there and then of course like i said the other stuff as well so it's just uh a little bit of what we do over there but you can catch me over there and of course back here every now and then at my home at my where it all started here on uh review and preview
0: now before we go i do want to mention our sponsor you can That it is the uh, app BetUS. You can sign up with our promo code, join125. Please click on the link below if you're interested. Get all your sports betting anytime, anywhere, straight from your mobile device, and please download the app of BetUS. And And, of course, please don't forget to follow us on all of our social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Revian Preview Sports and, of course, Big Blue Avenue. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. As well. And please don't forget to hit that big red big red button. Give us a like, give us a subscribe to our YouTube channel. Let us give us please don't forget to leave your thoughts. Let us know your thoughts. And um folks, you have just watched another episode of Big Blue Avenue on behalf of Johnny Montalbano, Tom Scavetta, Sam Cardona. I'm Hank and Dictor, and let's go big, big blue. blue.